My name is Ty Wilson. I've been a musician for the better part of 20 years. Over that time, I have written, covered, and performed in almost every genre, from heavy metal to alt-rock to country music. I've met some amazing people along the way, and today, we're going to talk to one of them. This is Ty Wilson Talks. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Ty Wilson Talks podcast. This is episode number 15. Um, I apologize for getting this episode out to you a little bit late this week. I had some technical issues that I have since resolved. Uh, moving forward, I am going to be cutting down to one episode a week on Monday mornings. It'll come out at 8 a.m. Uh, life is super crazy busy right now in a really good way. Uh, but I just don't have, unfortunately, the time to do the editing and interviews that I would like. But I want to keep this going moving forward. So you will, will have at least one a week. If I have some extra episodes, um, I will do bonus episodes on Fridays. We'll see how it goes. Um, yeah, if you want to hear me talk more myself as well about certain things that are going on in my life, uh, shoot me a DM. Let me know. And uh, maybe I'll do a few more uh, solo podcasts and go from there. Um, into today's episode, we have a good friend of mine, an avid hunter, Ben Commodore. Um, ben is a waterfowl expert, I would say, and the Canadian um, regional, I believe, manager of or operator of Dive Bomb Industries decoys. So I hope you enjoy it. If you're a hunter, I'm sure you'll love this one. Um, anyway, yeah, without further ado, here is... Ben Commodore. All right, man. All right. So me and you are from the same town. Um, yep. I believe you're from Peterborough, right? Yeah. 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 Um, so what brought you, what got you into hunting originally? Like, is it something that your like parents or your grandfather did or something like that? Or tell me the story that, that brought you into that whole realm of of everything because it's it's new to me or it's it's different for me because literally nobody in my family hunts <laughs> so i'm getting into it now i'm i got my uh my pal booked in three weeks and i took my hunting course i'm ready to go looking forward to getting into it but uh, i want to hear your story and where where uh, where that came came from with you um okay so as a kid uh i grew up hunting with my dad um uh, deer hunting and bird hunting um just found a bit more enjoyment at a bird hunting especially as a kid because sitting still in a, in a blind <laughs> as a five six seven eight year old kid's a real hard thing to do never mind be quiet while you're doing it yeah <laughs> um i did bird hunting with him we would go duck hunting and um a lot of water hunting for, a lot of water shooting for duck hunting and then field hunting for geese um, I got to be his dog on the field hunting stuff, uh, <laughs> as a kid running out and picking up birds. Um, he passed when I was 11 and in Ontario, um, and I believe it's still the same now it's 12 years old is when you can start shooting, gotcha. uh, and hunting for yourself. So when he passed, you know, it, it was just, I was more angry than anything. Like it was that close. Um, yeah. and it, you know, we moved from the time we lived in Ennismore, we moved into Peterborough um, just so my mom could be closer to, you know, to have help with two kids. Right. Yeah. And um, 
it, it just was something that I kind of it went away. No, I didn't have anyone to take me. Um, and then when I moved out west, uh, I started to kind of well, actually even before that, before I moved out west, um, I started. I took my PAL, got my hunting hunting license, and really wanted to get into turkey hunting of all things um, to start. And I actually found an ad on Kijiji at the time um, where I messaged a guy. He was looking for help renovating his house. I knew where it was. I knew there was a, he had a bunch of land there. And I said, look, you know, let me come work for you. Um, it wasn't like I did the work for free, but I certainly didn't do it. Didn't charge him what I should have charged him and said, right. you know, do you mind if I try some turkey hunting on your land while, you know, I'll come in early in the morning, do some turkey hunting, and then we'll do some work after. He's like, yeah, no problem shot my first turkey and i was from there it just kind of spiraled and you hooked yeah. um yeah again, turkey right? hunting yeah. is a lot of fun it's after waterfowl turkey hunting is probably my second favorite thing because it, it yeah. really it combines the cool aspects of waterfowl hunting in terms of decoying and calling mixed with the big game side of it where you sit still you're waiting and you only really get in ontario i think you get two but you get one shot yeah. one tag so um and then when i moved out west it just it took off so now is there a stocking aspect to the turkey i know that uh from my understanding as as dumb as they sound and look they're actually pretty smart animals so you gotta kind of outsmart them to get them to get them in a shot range or because you're using what a shotgun for for turkey or yeah shotgun or bow um you can use a bow the the thing with turkeys that's different than say big game that, that's kind of where a lot of it gets compared guys compare turkey hunting to deer hunting mm -hmm. deer have incredible sense of smell turkeys have incredible vision the slightest movement turkeys can see it they can pick it up that's why you know hunting turkeys you have to be extra careful because if you're wearing orange they can point that out and they're your hoop so yeah. the vision of turkeys is the big thing I'm sure there are guys that do and are successful with a spot and stock. I think Steve Rinella has done a couple videos and stuff on meat eater where he's talked about that. Um, but a lot of, a lot of how that I know and a lot of the guys that I, that I speak to and um, you, you're putting out a couple, a decoy or two and you're calling. Um, yeah. Trying to get them to come to the decoy and uh and get them within range shotgun range inside us ideally inside of 40 yards right well, that, yeah that would be uh i mean if it's inside of 40 yards that's that's fucking close <laughs> you're getting them right out there right? <laughs> yeah like and well i mean when you think about it the you know with turkey you're able to shoot lead so you have a little bit more range on it but still you're realistically trying to especially in a turkey you're trying to hit the head you don't want to blow up you the, wanna... the breast completely and and now you're spitting out lead pellets when you're cooking yeah with your, yeah, with your meal <laughs> yeah but uh, um yeah i mean the closer realistically the closer the better just from the sense that you know there's no chance you're gonna miss and or wound and then have to chase down kind of deal right oh that's awesome man and so what brought you at west like were you were you doing were you working oil fields or anything like that like what brought you out there from from ontario or how long ago so, did you move out there? Uh, I've been out here now going on nine years. Um, what brought me out here at the time before um, I, I was doing, I was working in youth custody, went to university, like was taking courses at Trent, how I met my now wife. And 
I just, I had done college and, you know, I say it's uh, honestly, part of it was probably just laziness as a kid, but I was like, I, I don't understand why I have to take this history class when I want to have a diploma or a degree as a social service worker. Why am I, you know, from the college side of things where it's very, everything is in line. So, um, anyways, I had started applying for jobs out West as an electrician, um, applied for one Friday, early Friday morning, then an interview, um, mid Friday, like middle of the day and Friday night, they called me. I started Monday. And it was like, let's drive out. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Well, and at the time I had heard like, don't ever use an Ontario address. So I was using a buddy that lived out here's address. So they already thought I lived out here. So it's like, okay, yeah. pack everything that I can. And I flew out, rented a vehicle. My mom uh, drove my truck to Brampton to to put it on a semi to get driven out here. Yeah. It was a whirlwind. It was wild. It was a crazy 72 hours. Um, and believe it or not, my first day on the job, the address they gave me was the wrong one. And I showed up and I'm just having a full on panic attack. Like I'm getting fired. I just spent all kinds of money to get out here, you know, renting a vehicle, hotel, the whole nine. And anyways, it, it worked out. Um, so I did my apprenticeship, completed my ticket. Um, and I got it right when oil tanked and then it kind of, then I started into another trade we relocated to a rural community, which, you know, didn't have rooftop refrigeration necessarily. So I was doing transport stuff and that led me into what I'm doing now. So that's awesome, man. And so you're going back and forth. I saw you've been going back and forth in the States doing, um, the decoy stuff. Uh, right. And so you're the Canadian affiliate. Tell me how that all kind of came about. Cause that's a, I know that's just happened the last few months. Yeah, so I'm the Canadian operations manager for a company called Dive Bomb Industries. Um, so the company's based out of St. Louis, Missouri. That's the headquarters. Um, we can, we sell waterfowl decoys and apparel and gear. Um, we so that kind of came about. It was about two years ago. I reached out to the VP Asher and just kind of was like, "Hey, I think there's an opportunity in Canada because." There is nothing else other than the, the big box stores. There's no direct to consumer models. There's nobody else doing it. And I, I think there's an opportunity to, to do something. And knowing what I know now, the company just wasn't at that stage to grow into to Canada. That much, yeah. yeah. So I went ahead and kind of took it upon myself to try and meet as many people in the industry as I could. Um, so I started, get you know, I was already really looking into doing it, but I started doing a lot more of the guiding stuff in the fall. So I was eating up vacation time and taking unpaid vacation to go work for an outfitter who takes Americans hunting. And I really tried to work for higher end guys um, just so that I could, you know, I, I knew there were people that Dive Bomb would know and they were well respected within the industry just to have them as a reference um worked my ass off to to prove that you know i was hardworking, dependable was great with the clients that sort of stuff and then just before christmas uh this past christmas i reached out and, and said are you guys ready you know and it, yeah. it was like yeah send me a resume let's you know, and initially i was kind of thinking maybe they're just fluffing me off doing their thing right. and it was when he asked for me to send the resume directly to his email that I was like, okay, he's genuinely interested. 
right. asked for references. And then it just kind of spiraled into, we're sending you your first shipment. Here you go. <laughs> yeah, here you go. Have fun. Sell these. Yeah. Yeah. I'm out of your basement. Have fun. <laughs> <laughs> did you have storage for them? Like, would you, or did you have to build a couple new uh, sheds or what's up? No. So we have, like our basement, the house we bought um, is an unfinished basement. It's got like the walls, the, the plywood or the, not the plywood, excuse me, the two by fours are up, yeah. but it, there's nothing else done. <laughs> so Perfect 12 pallets I hand bombed <laughs> the basement. <laughs> Just to start hand bombing the stuff back out when right. FedEx, like when for FedEx them. and UPS to pick up. Yeah. Got to start somewhere, right? <laughs> Why not we, that's, we laugh now. We're like, you know, even at the time when we're doing it, my wife's like, we're going to laugh at this one day. And I looked and I said, and it isn't today. <laughs> yeah, today's not that day for sure. And so no. did you, were you always training? Because I know you, you have, I believe, three dogs, correct? Yeah. Four, yeah. Yeah. No, and you started training those for people as well, did you not? Or training other dogs? Like, did you have? A, yeah, I know. I, I know it kind of all encompasses what you do, and so that's kind of cool that you have so many avenues for it. But yeah, tell me about the pups and everything. Yeah, so I have three uh, of my own: Mini, Daisy, Nala. They're five. They'll be this year, uh, tag end of October, beginning of November. They'll be five, three, and two um nala was a bit overkill i don't really you know we laugh all Didn't the time really like, don't really need three <laughs> yeah i got the third one um because the initial intent before covid was i was actually going to quit my full-time job and go guide um for six to eight weeks out of the year in the fall do it again for about four weeks in the spring and train dogs in between that right. um and that was my plan and with Minnie, my older one, she's had the equivalent of two ACL surgeries in both uh, in her knees. Yeah, yeah. So she still hunts. I took her this morning, mm -hmm. but she doesn't hunt. I, like, I, I, I can't expect her to go and do, you know, my buddy's up. He's guiding where I was. And they, this morning they shot, uh, what is it, 40, 40 geese in 35 minutes. Oh, man. Just, I can't ask her to do that with those no, knees. No, no. <laughs> go and so, fetch, go and fetch, go and fetch. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, uh, so that's why we brought Nala home. And then fast forward COVID, everything else. It's like, I don't, I didn't need three, yeah. but she, she's a lot of dog and she really, she tests me often. Um, but she kind of opened that door a little more for me in the sense of, I had three dogs that stayed with me this, this fall or this summer, sorry, to get some training, mm -hmm. um, get them ready for hunting training, kind of go through how I do it in a real condensed window. And I think that was the biggest struggle for me was going from, I get the, first of all, I get the puppy at seven, eight weeks of age mm -hmm. and I get to raise them how I want and kind of mold them from a puppy. So now right. I'm getting this dog at six, seven months and I also only have a three month window to get yeah. them to a level that they can hunt. So that was a challenge in itself on top of starting a new job and getting that ball rolling. Yeah, man. Um, 
dog stayed at the house here like i don't have kennel runs or anything so yeah it was a lot that's <laughs> chaos that's, your wife's the same it was <laughs> it was it was insane chaos this summer it was you know and thankfully heather working for the school board thankfully she was able to be home and help a lot with it there's mm -hmm. no way that i would have been successful with the dogs if it wasn't for her assistance and help um just because i was trying to give everything i had to dive bomb because i I didn't want it to fail. I didn't want it to look like I was going 10 different directions when in reality I was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh man. I, I hear that. I hear that. I feel, I feel like I've been just going every which way for the last yes, three months at least with the, with everything opening up for me to play music again. But yeah, I hear you. It sounds, oh, like, it sounds yeah. like you've been on it, man. That's uh you made it work. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. that's all you can do, right? You make it work. <laughs> It was, it was bittersweet when the dogs went home because it was, you know, I had bonded with them and formed a relationship with yeah. them. And realistically, at least for two of them, I'm probably never going to see them again, just based on where they live. Um, but so it was, it was a bittersweet, like, I'm really going to miss you. You know, I was, you know, you're a really nice dog, but on the other side, it was like a sigh of relief. Like, Oh, there's what, like you just felt yeah. like weight coming off your shoulders every time hundred percent. I, uh, I used to foster dogs. Um, and so actually he, so he's my failed foster Albert, um, who I, who I kept, but there was another, I think 11 of them that, um, I fostered for, you know, between two weeks and one I had for six months, uh, before wow. rehoming. And, uh, and I, I know that feeling <laughs> it's like, I have a relationship with you and you're a great, you know, dog and that stuff, but get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, honestly. And that's what it was like right at the end was like, okay, I had enough. Like, just go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you, what did you have? Six dogs in the house at one time? Is that, you said you had three of them with you or? Yeah, I have, well, actually, so I have three labs and my, right. we have a Yorkie Shih Tzu. He's like 12. <laughs> we, and then we had the three, the three really dogs. Hard. And then, unrelated and probably absolutely this is going to make it completely sound crazy so we adopted a cat when we first moved in we noticed just acreage living we noticed mm -hmm. we had a few like i started seeing a bit it's of nice. mouse poop so yeah. went into the humane society and said look i'm looking for a barn buddy they um they had one he's an awesome cool cat he hangs from day one he's chilled with the dogs he's played with them he actually harasses the 12 year old. Like he'll, he'll watch <laughs> yeah. him come along the bottom of the couch and bug him. But anyways, we went into the pet food store to pick up dog food and we walked out with dog food and two kittens. <laughs> so there's three cats running around the house. <laughs> man, you might as well just get a farm. Top of what was seven dogs over the course of the summer. So yeah, yeah. it was a bit hectic. <laughs> I would say so. That's, that's advantageous <laughs> to, to say the least. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So he said, no more animals, no more animals. <laughs> no, no, you're only stuck with these ones for the next 10 years. <laughs> yeah, at least. <laughs> so do you generally, uh, when you're hunting, are you hunting Alberta for the most part? Do you go to BC? Do you go down south? Like what's your, how does that schedule usually work out? Because I guess like is the Alberta hunting season same as, or similar to Ontario where you have like fall and then, um, is there, yeah, what, what, what other time frames do you have there and where do you go? Um, so predominantly like for my own personal hunting, it's, I, I, I have not hunted outside of 
Uh, in Canada, I've not hunted outside of Alberta. I have traveled to South and North Dakota before to hunt, um, but that was several years ago. Um, this year uh, with Dive Bomb, I've gone to Saskatchewan. So the seasons, Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba are relatively the same. BC has bird hunting. I've never done it over there. The interior um, as well as the coast is apparently some some really good hunting. It's hard for me from a, on a personal level to leave Alberta and or Saskatchewan because it's honestly, people spend thousands of dollars every year to come here for two and a half days and hunt. Right, yeah. It, it, it's some of the best hunting in the world. So, um, but the seasons here are the northern half, of the province or the central northern so basically if you take a line from red deer and draw it straight across to manitoba yep. um north of that opens on the first south opens on the eighth um and then runs to the 16th and the 21st respectively of december mm-hmm. um <clears throat> so with um now with dive bomb i've gone to saskatchewan the, op- the opening weekend that first weekend of september and i did like 2000 kilometers driving around saskatchewan visiting outfitters yeah um in three days and then i'm supposed to go back into saskatchewan to do some crane hunting with another outfitter in october um i'm gonna go visit a couple this weekend but i try and stay close to home right. at least for now um because the other side of it is is being the only like i'm a one-man show with dive yeah. bomb so i still have to be here monday morning to pack orders to get them out the door for fedex right so until such times as i grow to the point where i need somebody i can't travel too too far that right. said at least during hunting season because there's guys want their stuff now once hunting season's over there's not a huge like it's like man what are you rushing for you can't use yeah, it yeah. for another three three months like it's just Amazon's um, best, man. <laughs> one, oh, one day shipping. I'm, I'm guilty of it. Like, <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm I know. guilty of it. And everything I do, you want instant, instant yeah. gratification. Yeah, so, it's... um, I have a couple of trips planned with Dive Bomb. Uh, just before Christmas, I'm supposed to go to Arkansas, and then um, in through January, I'm going to spend ten, supposed to spend ten days Washington State, Idaho, and Montana, um, with those guys. But, and and then I've talk to them and they're still trying to figure it out but uh back to arkansas in february potentially to uh do some snow goose stuff with them so nice nice and is that so predominantly it's snow goose um ducks like is that your waterfowl i guess is the is the yeah yeah so it's all waterfowl um ducks and geese so this time of year like right now um since our season opened on the 8th i think i've missed two maybe three days of hunting Mm-hmm. and it's predominantly ducks i'm trying to get into the ducks as much as i can i find as we get later in the year especially in november the ducks feed really late there's limited windows to get on them um and it just become for when i'm not like when you're not guiding and you're not watching them every single day it becomes really difficult to pattern them and figure out right. where they're going what they're doing whereas canada's you can kind of you can see them a lot easier and it's mm-hmm. they're a little easier to pattern um so i've been trying to put a hurting on the ducks at least for right now and uh so far we're doing well with that but um yeah that right now it's ducks geese like canada's big boys and then we've got some speckle belly geese in the area and then probably about two weeks from now the snows are going to start showing up and they're going to screw everything right up <laughs> did they just scare and, away everything uh, else is that how that works or 
they're very aggressive feeders so a lot like ducks will go with them but i find at least in my area when the snow geese show up it displaces everything it's like the ducks and the geese just kind of they go somewhere else and they, right. they let the snows the snows they're very aggressive in how they feed and watching them in a field they're jumping each other constantly trying to get to the front of the line and um they're noisy and anyways it's just a yeah i mean but they're intelligent they're insanely smart um i mean the the snow goose migration is something that that doesn't get talked about enough and i I often uh, um anybody asks me about it i kind of start to get on a try and i'll try not to get on the tangent about it but Mm -hmm. when you at one point they were really concerned about are we going to have snow geese long term and now they're like 12 14 million strong in north america <laughs> yeah they figured out how to adapt that modern agriculture um i actually this fall they banned these birds and i shot a banded uh snow goose that was nine years old it was a female and she was banded off the northeast corner of russia on an island called wrangell island yeah. jesus <laughs> so the miles so that bird crossed that the ocean crossed came the down ocean. through alaska through alberta and then the the geese that we get in southern alberta the snow geese end up in california so then they hop the mountains through idaho and end up in california so just the miles that that bird and no no doubt it's done a trip or two up up the central down to arkansas so right yeah oh that's crazy man and so what's the difference between like a a canada goose and like a snow goose for for me who's an idiot (laughs) The <laughs> so canada geese i think everybody kind of knows what they look like how they Cobra are they chickens. Haunt. yeah <laughs> yeah exactly and they can be real some of them are real they're i've only ever had assholes. one turn on me a wounded yeah. one but for the most part they they're kind of pansies once they're running away um at least from a dog <laughs> yeah but uh snow geese are basically all they're all white predominantly there is some face colors to them and i would say spare the details on that but right. they're an all-white bird with black tips on their wings um they're about half the size ha- little probably a little bit more than half the size of a of a big canada goose and but they're a little bit more than double a, a mallard duck um gotcha. and they're they just fall under that category of arctic geese so a snow goose a speckle belly and then there's like 14 subspecies of a Canada goose and there's a whole I bunch of lessers, small Canada's. They all fit in the same category. Yeah. So yeah. is your, uh, are your freezers completely full of uh, duck meat now? Is, is that what So yeah, you what I do it? with it when it, <laughs> no, honestly, we, I can't tell you the last time I bought ground beef. I cannot tell you the last time we did that. Uh, sub it out one for one. And then what I do with it when I come home, first thing i do clean the birds and i run them through the grinder and then when i get to um usually two three freezer bags like um full i end up making whether it's smokies uh sausage kielbasa pepperettes jerky whatever the case is and just kind of whip something up um so but yeah it's it was starting to run low going into the going into the season but we're putting the dent back in it now yeah (laughs) Let's say you probably don't do much other grocery shopping, then you don't have to get meat anywhere. No, well, w- I mean, with it some... being red meat, Heather likes chicken. We'll buy chicken and oh, stuff, okay. fish and stuff. But yeah, it's I, I we try our darndest to use it up as much as we can. So this, you know, 
everyone says too they want to get into hunting to save on groceries it's like okay well if you want to do that get into big game hunting because yeah. waterfowl works out to like two to three hundred bucks a pound right. oh <laughs> shit <laughs> by, by the time all your gear is in order and all that kind of stuff you're uh you're out money all the gear the yeah travel gear shells gas and that's before you include a dog and dog food and <laughs> right your time yeah. yeah all right so big game hunting got it <laughs> i'll come i'll come out and hunt with you though <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely all right brother well i i know you got you got uh limited time here but i appreciate you jumping on with me man and having uh having a quick conversation about your life and, and your job and that stuff and i honestly i wish you all the best and all the best with the rest of the hunting season appreciate it let me know if you want to get on again oh definitely buddy all right man so dive bomb is who you work for is there a contact or an instagram or anything like that for people that might be interested in buying any decoys yeah our web the website for canada is just divebombcanada.com they can reach out to me um i think it's just at ben underscore commodore on instagram c-o-m-m-o-d-o-r-e um yeah, or just hit the website. My phone number's right there on the website, and my email's there, too. Beautiful, brother. All right, thanks a lot, man. I hope you have a good night, eh? Hey, thanks. You too, man. We'll talk to you later. Bye. All right, that's it. That's the podcast. I appreciate you listening today. If you could please do me one more favor, go to wherever you listen to your podcasts and write me a review or subscribe to the podcast there. It is so much appreciated, and it helps me out tremendously. You can also check out all of my socials at Ty Wilson Music. That's Insta, Facebook, Twitter, whatever you'd like. Thank you so much for listening. This has been another episode of Ty Wilson Talks.